Hey all of you out there in Aorzea, welcome to She Heals I Tank, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. Today is Friday, May 25th, and this is episode 171 of the shit podcast. I'm your host, Vegan Pete, and always by my side, the lovely, the wonderful, the hyped up from the live letter. Hey guys, Avi Ale here. Look at that hype. So hype, super hype. Thank you for being here as always, Avi. How are you doing today? Pretty good. I got off work early and that was nice, you know, in preparation for the my long weekend. I, I preparation worked. for the podcast? Yes. No, it's really good that I did, though, because I looked at that outline. And I was like, oh, we don't have all the things on here yet. I was going improv mode today. You never, Mr. Procrastination. And a big thank you to everyone joining us here live at twitch.tv slash she heals I tank. So many of you were kind enough to sub last week. Some were because of my birthday, and speaking of that, I read all of the messages in the card you all signed, so thank you, they were so nice, uh, and it really meant a lot to me, so from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for that. Um, but let's shout out the subs for this week. Psyche Games, seven months. Damn. Chuckletopia for eight months, and he also gifted two subs. Uh, we have a Really Bad Professor for two months, Patrick Man X for five months, Marcus Kyler for four months, Hyper Pixie Gaming all the way up to eight months, and KK McCloud is hitting that one year mark, 12 months of subbing. I was going to say, so he goes from 12 to one. <laughs> <laughs> Broly489 for seven months, and we got first time subs from Draconomicon. Seriously? Draconomicon. Draconomicon. <laughs> how is, how, what kind of a nerd are you? Jewel 636, the Steeb, uh, first time subs, and it also shows K Maverick and Treyland is first time, but I'm pretty sure they have subbed before, so apologies for not knowing your total months. Streamlabs is weird like that sometimes. Why don't you just do the math like a good host? I'd have to go back and look at every month of subscribers. But you can. Mm, it's not easy. <laughs> I didn't say it was easy. But uh, make sure if you do subscribe through Twitch Prime that you re-up it every month. It doesn't do it automatically. Jeff Bezos is trying to keep that $5 each month. So you mm-hmm. got to use it. And as always, you don't have to use it on us just to make sure you use it. Also, thank you everybody who said that was a ton of people just for the past week. That's incredible. It was my birthday. That's right. Uh, but we've got a lot of stuff to talk about because Why? of the producer live letter that happened last night. And that's another sub from... The real chili pepper for 22 months. Oh, thank you, Chili. Over a year. I know. So, I think we should get right into it with everyone's favorite segment Greenleaf Minute. It's the Greenleaf Minute. This week's Greenleaf Minute is about something that you may have been hearing a lot about uh, with the most recent live letter. It's the Shadowbringers benchmark. So, maybe you're not familiar what a benchmark is, why it's there, and most importantly, how it benefits you. Well, that's what the Greenleaf Minute is for, so that's why we're talking about it. <laughs> so so you guys know, the benchmark tests how well Final Fantasy XIV's new expansion will run on your computer. The official benchmark software uses actual maps and playable characters to assign a score to your PC and rate its performance. But what the heck do these freaking scores mean? So you're either going to be really happy or you're going to cry and start saving your money to buy right. a new graphics card. Well, but in all honesty, like... People sh- people are showing up with scores of 12,000, anything 10,000 or higher. They're just like, you know, showing how big their dick is. Honestly, that is that is not necessary. Uh, if you get 7,000 plus points, 
That means you have extremely high performance and you can easily capable of running the game on the highest settings. I was going to go through and read all of the different settings, but in all honesty, as long as you're scoring over 2000, then you have standard performance and you're capable of running the game on default settings. So 2000 or higher, you are good. Anything lower than this, and you're definitely going to want to upgrade your PC or start to lower the game settings in order to improve performance. So, which would be kind of sad. I mean, I get it if you don't have the money to buy and buy a new PC or anything, but Final Fantasy 14 is so beautiful that if you can at least run it on the standard settings, uh, or if you can't, you'll, you'll be missing out on a lot of wonderful graphics. Yeah, uh, I'd probably want to be around the 5,000 range, to be honest, because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like these benchmarks always kind of overestimate a little bit. Mm. Uh, but, you know, you'll definitely be able to play it with a score of around 2,000. Right. Um, a character creation tool is also included, which allows you to view a playable character as they will appear in-game. This is what gets most players excited for the benchmark. This allows you to create a character with any of the updated hairstyles from the new expansion, and more importantly, create a character from the new races. You also have the option to load your existing character data from 14 um, or from an earlier benchmark program. Character creation is then saved in the benchmark, and it can also be used in Final Fantasy 14 player or retail creation once the expansion goes live. So once the character creation has been created or selected, you're able to preview various gear sets. Because the headline job of Shadowbringers is Dark Knight, the majority of the sets you're going to see on this particular benchmark are for the tank role, which in all honesty, that gear is clunky as fuck, and I don't really want to see my character in it, but thank goodness they had like Yishtola Scion gear and some of the, the veteran items that you could view your character in as well. What's really cool is whatever gear set you choose, that is the benchmark trailer, the be- benchmark videos. That is the gear that the character will be wearing for the whole video. I didn't even notice my... I, I didn't play with the character creation. I just ran the benchmark. Of course you did. Didn't even know that was a it's thing. It's almost worth running it once like that because then you can kind of see the difference of like... It, it, it makes it really more personal um people are commenting yeah you even had the moogle suit as an option which by the way looks amazing on a rothgar because you're gigantic so it's really really funny so if you have been wondering perhaps where everyone has been creating those rothgar and vieras uh they've been sharing all over social media even though shadowbringers isn't out yet now you can know and you can go download the benchmark and decide if you want to spend your hard-earned money on that new vial of fantasia now i kind of just casually saw it when you were creating some characters uh do you think all the options in there is everything that Shadowbringers is going to release with, or do you think there's going to be additional options when it finally goes live? Because uh, the one criticism I have heard is it seemed like the options were pretty limited with hairstyles, hairstyles. for the Rothgar. Um, Actually, were... even the Viera. The, I mean, the hairstyles were great for the Viera, but there was a lot less of them than there were for the other starting races. And only four ear styles for... The bun- the See, that's standard to me. I don't think I didn't expect more than that because, like, the horns for the Ara, you didn't get that many choices. Mm. So, why would you suddenly get more bunny ears? I was t- uh, tweeting out earlier that I wish they had like more battle features. Like, all we have is a scar, but I'd want like a Viera with half an ear ripped off. Oh my like... God. <laughs> I guess it'd be kind of cool. I don't know. I was just happy that um, the Viera have big, curly, long hair. Um, I've been wanting some big, curly hair for a while. So, it's not curly, it's kind of wavy, but it's big. And uh, I thought that was pretty awesome personally. So, yeah. Uh, people are asking, did anyone notice in the benchmark that Yishtola was a black mage? Uh, I did notice that, Aurora. She had two little baby Lala black mages fighting with her. It was pretty cool. 
Um, there really aren't a lot of spoilers in the benchmark video for you guys to watch. It is just kind of like a preview of the zones, of some of the new actions, of the new race, not, and the races and the jobs, but not... You get to see a new primal. Yeah. Well, we knew about the primal, but you get to see her in action. Uh, she had a couple uh, minions with her, some like grasshopper looking tall guy who was all fancy. I, I, I viewed him as like a, um, a frog prince. Frog prince. That's what he looked like to me. I don't. I know you guys are probably like going with the lore, like oh my god, but that yeah, he reminded me of a frog prince. I didn't. I didn't look into that because I didn't even think we were going to talk about that. Uh, yeah, we're going to discuss the actual like video part of the benchmark in next week's episode because we just had too much information to try to get through in one yeah, one episode. Not as important as everything else. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, but I will, one thing on the benchmark is if you've never played around with your settings, this is a good time to do it in the benchmark so you can see your score with different settings. Right. So play around, uh, experiment between windowed, borderless, windowed, and full screen because it does make a difference. Didn't you say you had the best luck running it in full screen? Yeah. Uh, I get the best scores in full screen, but full screen made it difficult for me to stream, so I don't run it in full screen. I mean, in all honesty, Pete got you know, excellent on however he ran it. So if you're doing that to test out the different things, you're literally just being like, a, it's like a point score thing. Like you're trying to beat your last score. So you don't have to do any of that and unless you're low. I posted my scores in our Discord. If you want to see that, you can uh, join the Discord. It's a great community. And <laughs> competition. if you want to call in to the show today, that's how you do it. You join the Discord. You join the on deck circle. Now let's move on to... The part that Avi created, it's her favorite segment of the show. It's the, t -t 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 -tweet, of it's the tweet of the week, Avi. The sounds are so quiet, it's almost not worth using them. I know. Once we put it to your computer and we can turn up the sound a little bit, because if I turn up the sound on mine, we get a bunch of noise, staticky shit. Mm, and I'll have the power. All right, so I actually picked this. Uh, as much as I hate it, it's still, you know, I don't mind the segment. I just don't like the intro to it. Um, so this tweet of the week doesn't actually go out to any one person in particular. This tweet of the week goes out to everyone in the Final Fantasy XIV community who is using the benchmark character creator to make in-game versions of their house cats. I love this. I think it's amazing. Be sure to keep an eye out for a Rothgar Buscemi. And if only that single snaggle tooth was an option, that would be perfect. Why does it got to be a house cat? Well, most people... Why can't it be a barn cat? Oh, okay. That's not weird. Just saying. That, that's weird. Now it's time for news and notes from around the realm. And in a report from the Hollywood Reporter's Graham McMillan, Square Enix is partnering, partnering with Penguin Random House Publishing to launch a line of comics, novels, and art books in the U.S. this fall. That's cool. The new Square Enix line will launch this fall with one prose release, Final Fantasy XV, The Dawn of the Future, and three manga titles, High Score Girl, A Man and His Cat, and the complete edition of best-selling series Soul Eater. Did you just call manga manga? Manga? Manga. Manga. Make, goodness, boy. Educate yourself. I actually can't believe they haven't done this before. Uh, they, they do in Japan. This uh, is the first time that it's okay. coming like a U.S. publisher. Okay, okay. Uh, future releases will include novels, manga. My God, Pete. You're, you're hurting people's ears. And art books, according to the company. So, yeah, I really love them to do a Hildebrand comic mm -hmm. and a Fordola 
comic. No, you? Fordola? She was one of the most interesting characters of Stormblood, and they didn't do her justice. They didn't even use her, really. She was just kind of there. I should have let you take that story, because this next one I'm going to take, too, because it's my favorite announcement each year when Square Enix toots its horn, it shows its e-penis about how many players there are in Final Fantasy XIV, and we got a new one this morning. The headline reads, Final Fantasy XIV Online surpasses 16 million players worldwide. E-gods! And thank you for that sub, I am Majestic. For some reason, they haven't taken my advice of putting an asterisk at the end of that headline. Mm-hmm. Because it's 16 million registered accounts, whether they are free trial accounts, bot accounts, pretty much any type of account. The one thing we know for sure is that they aren't all active accounts. Uh, and I stick to what I've been saying since they started making these announcements. If they ever hit 1 million active subscribers, they would promote that shit out of it. They would post it everywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's still my belief that the active player base is still under 1 million. However, I do believe them when they say in Stormblood, they had more active players than ever before. And I think they are confident in Shadowbringers to continue that trend. And I think that is why they did the data center expansion. Makes sense. So I think so. I think they're on a... They're on a good track. I just hate those announcements because it's BS. Get all salty. You don't have 16 million players. <laughs> I know. It's inflated numbers. Makes them feel better, maybe. I don't know. In a Lodestone post, Square Enix also revealed that there will be two new tomestones coming in patch 5.0, as well as new crafting and gathering scripts. Big surprise, right? No. This usually happens with each new expansion. But with the additions, there will also be the removals of the Allegan Tomestones of Creation, the Blue Crafter scripts, and the Blue Gatherer scripts. They ask that players carrying any of these currencies exchange them before the patch maintenance of 5.0 begins. Let's detail the changes. Mm. The two new types of Tomestones being added in Shadowbringers can only be received after reaching level 80, with at least one class or job. So that's pretty standard. That's what happens every uh, expansion, whatever the new level cap is. Once you reach it, you can start earning gimme, the, gimme, the gimme. best sort of tombstones. Yes. Uh, Allegan tombstones of Mendacity and Genesis will no longer be obtainable, but they won't be going away quite yet. All trials and duties that yield these tombstones will instead offer Allegan tombstones of Poetics, or the new Allegan Tombstone currency. Okay, we need more to buy with Poetics. Then I guess we can get... Unless we can get the freaking uh, Materia. But then if the Materia goes up another level, then... Well, I believe what they usually do is like... Uh, poetics used to be for the 50 gear. Mm -hmm. And then when we had uh, Heaven's Ward, you could buy the level 60 gear that's with true, the Poetics. True. So, so they're probably going to add the level 70 gear. That Basically, whatever you used to be able to buy with a mid-tier thing... Is gonna go to poetics. True. Yeah. Yeah. Or else still you just, not much. I mean, or, or else you would just have like way too many tombstones still in the game. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I remember when they first did that. I get it. Uh, you will no longer be able to exchange the Mendacity or Genesis uh, tombstones for items, but the items that you were able to buy with them will be made available through other means, most likely poetics, like we just said. Elegant tombstones of creation are going a bye bye in Little. 5.0. All that you have in your character's possession will be removed. You're getting robbed. 
you can exchange them for elegant tombstones of poetics prior to uh, uh, when the servers Ooh. go down for patch 5.0. Did they always do this where you had to do it before the patch? I thought you could always for do it like after. Tombstones, yeah. Hmm. Uh, you can exchange them by speaking with Ariana in Revenant's Toll. She's still keeping busy. Allegan Tombstones of Poetics will be obtainable from Trials and Duties up to level 70, as well as the Duty Roulette. Now for the ca- Crafters and Gatherers script changes. Pete? Oh, you took that whole line, huh? Well, no, but I'm not going to talk about this shit. I ain't going to do this shit. I don't know this. I don't know. In Shadowbringers, a type of new Crafter script and Gatherer script will be introduced um, that can be obtained when exchanging collectible items starting at level 80. So, again, uh, collectibles are a thing you can make as a crafter, or you can also gather collectibles. You turn them in, and based on the collectible rating, you'll get a certain number of scripts from them. So, chat saying, like, we've had, like, two years to submit the, to exchange your craft, or your tombstones. I think I was thinking of the newest tombstones, like the Mendacity and the Genesis. Not the creation. That was where my brain was. That's why I was like, I, I, yeah. So sorry, guys. So if anyone else's brain was, you know, confused like mine was, it's not the newest, most recent tomes right now. It's the ones one level before that. Yes. So red crafter scripts and red gatherer scripts aren't disappearing, but you'll no longer be able to obtain them or exchange them for items. All the items will instead be obtained from exchanging yellow crafting and gathering scripts. Starting in 5.0, you'll be able to exchange your red scripts for yellow scripts at the script exchange in Revenant's Toll, same place where you exchange your tombstone. So many scripts, scripts, scripts. And in accordance with this change, all red crafter scripts and gatherer scripts rewards will be changed to yellow crafter scripts rewards. Basically, the yellow gatherer scripts, since Heaven's Ward was the first uh, expansion that we had scripts, that's basically poetics for the crafting and gathering mm. world is yellow. Okay. Um, uh, and the amount awarded will be adjusted accordingly. With the release of patch 5.0, all blue crafter scripts and blue gatherer scripts in your character's possession will be removed. They ask that any players currently carrying these scripts please exchange them for red crafter scripts and red gatherer scripts, respectively, prior to the scheduled maintenance for patch 5.0. Revenant's toll again. Did you get a question for me this week, Avi? Nope, I gotta go find one right now. That's how it's been for the, like the last month. <laughs> no, Why hasn't. change now? Uh, no, it hasn't. Just like the past two times. Actually, the last one I didn't. It was the past two before that. All right, so this is actually a really old question that got kind of lost within my Discord. So Uh-oh. I apologize to Tolarisa Vidan. Um, I did not mean for this to take so long. I actually went through all my messages in Discord to find everyone. So if you have not heard your question, I would say after four episodes, uh, contact me and be like, Avi, you dumb fucked up. She lost it. Yes, <laughs> pretty much. So now I'll be better about it and I will immediately screenshot it and save it so they're all good to go. So your question, Pete, is... What continent did the Warring Triad triad originate on? A. Eorzea. Can I wait? Can I guess? Sure. I don't know if this is a continent or not, but I think. Oh wait, I might be confusing Warring Triad with something else. Then do you want to make yourself look dumb potentially? Uh, that's why I do this podcast. Oh, Avi. okay, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, is it Oz's Law? Is that one of the options? That is not a continent. Okay. It's a zone? Yes. I didn't know. Okay. okay. Read me read me the shit, bitch. All right. So what continent did the Warring, tri- Warring Triad originate on? A, Eorzea, B, Othard, C, Ilzabard, or D, Mericidia? Okay. So yeah, I was confusing it with something else. Yes. <laughs> Wait. Which one is the Warring Triad? Is that the one with Biako? 
No. Is it the one with Zervon? <laughs> Do you want me to look up and give you a definition of the warring triad? No. Just tell me what it is. You should know this shit. No, You're not... supposed to be the smart one. <laughs> I'm just better at faking it than you are. Just tell me. Heaven's Word or Stormblood? That's all I need to know. Okay. He says Biako. Oh, it is Biako, guys. Thank you. So it's it's Sophia, Zervan, and Sephiroth. Um... The statues are in Law. So that's potentially what you were thinking of. Well, then that's the that demon, would be Miracidia then, right? So I'm going with Miracidia. Final answer. Good job. Fuck yeah. You actually used like knowledge to figure it out that time. Well, I actually knew the zone. Just not I just the didn't continent. know the continent, but I knew Miracidia. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Undefeated still. <laughs> Let me make sure I mark this as correct. Hasn't had one of those in a while. All right. Lore Master General. <laughs> of course moving on from my amazing win mm -hmm. the big discussion this week is the producer live letter that just happened yesterday so let's kick it off with some system changes uh, they made to the overall gameplay of the game mm. you want me to start? All right. sure uh, so functional active time events, also known as fates. Now that I know you were going to take this first one, I wish I would have thought of something else to make for that acronym. <laughs> Farts and twats extreme, something like that. Okay. <laughs> um, fates are getting a makeover. Yay, makeover in 5.0. I see I would have had that as a drop. <laughs> oh my God, you look fierce. Uh, they are now going to offer new rewards other than just experience points. It's going to be more than a few fates. And now we have uh, that drop a minion or just earrings. There's going to be a lot more. Um, there are also going to be additional requirements that you'll need to meet in order to unlock these certain rewards. You will get unique tokens that can be exchanged for the rewards at specialty shops. I didn't say on the slide, but the way we're talking is that um, the zones will kind of have their own unique currency. And as you do fates and unlock more of the zones, more items will become available. The menu that showed uh, they showed actually looks pretty close to the Beast Tribe shops. We'll be getting a very similar token. So I'm um, hoping that this is considered a currency and won't be taking up another inventory slot. Yeah, and I looked at this slide again, and I do think it is going to be a currency. That makes sense. Not taking up an inventory slot. Uh, so I like, I actually really like this a lot because... Uh, one of my biggest complaints about this game is there's not enough overworld content to do. Mm -hmm. So anything that they can do to make fates more attractive to people, I think is a good step. I mean, yes, it is more tokens, which is very similar to the Beast Tribes. But I think that kind of the big difference in this is in Beast Tribes, you do solo. This is like a similar token Beast Tribe system that you do with other people in, you know, open world. And Beast Tribes are very structured, like you're doing this quest and you're doing it over and over and over again. Doesn't mean you won't do that to the fates. I suppose. Yeah, we don't. Uh, the the rewards that they did show, nothing seemed very great. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're just hiding those. There was an orchestrian role, there was a housing item, and then there were crafting items. So chat does not seem very happy about this. Um, Real Chili says, token, such a new idea. Aurora says, it's a lazy way to recycle content. I mean, recycling a system, if it works, I think is a good idea. Like, why spend time re reinventing the wheel? Fates used to be really fun. They, they did, I think. 
Heaven's Word kind of killed Faith. People didn't do it, in my opinion. I mean, you might disagree with me, but I don't feel like in Heaven's Word, that's when they like uh, brought out Hunts, and then Hunts kind of became the new focus above Fates, because Fates you used to do all the time for Atmas and stuff. But it doesn't really sound like this is going to apply to those fates. This is going to be the new fates. I think they're trying to reinvigorate the yeah, fates. Yeah, we we fates had are really a, fun, you guys. Like anybody who's hating on them, you 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 weren't around yeah. for when they were good. I don't know if they're that much fun, but you had a lot of fun when you were in Northern Thanaland running with the big ass Zerg of people doing the fates. Maybe that's what they were trying to replicate with um, Eureka. Was that that fun Zerg that used to do with the Fates? Well, they fucking failed. They did, but I'm just saying that as you said that, I kind of realized like that was Diadem is better than Eureka. I've come to that conclusion. (laughs) But I guess when you're doing those Fates, you didn't get stuck in it for two hours or whatever. But yeah, it was fun. Fates Fates used to be a lot of fun. We need more open world group content that's fun. I'm curious uh, what what the additional requirements are going to be to unlock certain rewards. Like, are there going to be specific conditions for a fate that you have to meet like There'll probably be like quests and stuff side quests and stuff you have to do to unlock it so you can talk to a person so you can get the fate stuff like that because that's something they don't really have now like if they're like there's a couple that are like multi-step fates and mm-hmm. maybe you have to be for it for every step yeah but at least this is better than i think heaven's ward had a fate where you got a minion one that you got an earring mm-hmm. this is a step up from that and like i said i'm all about the overworld content so i'm giving them I'm giving them a thumbs up. I'm giving them an A for this one. You don't even know. You I can't grade it. I don't care what the haters say. It's like an assumption A. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. I'm prognosticating, bitch. All right. Side quests. <laughs> In the new region, side quests will now be level synced. Mm-hmm. This means they will sink down to level 70, not lower than that. Well, they'll sink to whatever level you are as long as you're over level 70. Right, so, but but you're not going to... There's no sinks for 60s or 50s. Or that's yeah, what so that you means. have to be at least level 70. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is only in the new, o- the new zones. Only the new 5.0 Shadowbringers regions. Mm-hmm. And the enemies will also scale to the player's level when accepting quests. This is now so you can use these side quests to level all of your alt jobs... And I think this is awesome. I'll actually end up doing more side quests because of this. Mm-hmm. Because I I still do the Beast Tribes uh, Stormblood almost. Well, every day that I play, I do them. The Beast Tribes? Yeah. Mm. I actually think it's really great. This is definitely something they took from ESO. ESO, like the whole game scales. Yeah. So it's really cool that, I mean, they're not necessarily changing the whole game to scale, but they're taking a function of it and acknowledging that that's a useful tool for players. But the reason I bring up the Beast Tribe quests is I do those and in... In those areas, I have tons of side quests to do. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like level 68 on my bard, and I look at all these, and they're level 62, 63. Right, right. So I go, well, it's not really worth me doing that. Mm-hmm. I'll save it for another one. And then by the time I get another one up, I forget about them. Yep. Uh, so this is really nice. You'll be able to just do it on whether whatever job you have post level 70. I think that's awesome. And they didn't say, but the XP better scale as well. So if I'm. the You mean the XP scale is better? Yeah, like you said, the XP better scale, (laughs) better scale as well. Oh, Uh, had better scale. Yes, it better scale. Well, the way you said it, like, like it's a gooder scale. (laughs) That's how I heard you. (laughs) HP gooder scale. (laughs) Yeah, it it better not give me the same XP at at level seventy two and seventy eight. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. So there is actually a new type of quest that's added called roll quest. 
And uh, four of these sets will be added in 5.0. The sets are broken down um, by your job role, obviously it sounds, by role quest. They are physical DPS, magical DPS, tank, and healer. You will have to complete one of these sets in order to progress in MSQ. They say that these will retrace the journeys of the first fallen heroes. Um, sounds like it's going to be the warriors of darkness that visit us in Heaven's Ward. They don't fully specify, but I do think it sounds like it's going to be expansion of the roleplay fights that we did when we played Ajish Tola or Alphano. Uh, on the slides that they used for this, uh, it looked to me like it was the Warriors of Darkness that we met in 3.4, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what I'm assuming, but I may make an ass of myself. I don't know. You make an ass of yourself? But Again? I, I think that's kind of where it's headed. I think they were testing it out when we used to occasionally have to play an encounter as whoever. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it works for the most part because they don't make it so hard. You don't need to know all the abilities. They usually give you between one and three abilities yeah. to use. Yeah, it's super easy. And it's usually kind of a face roll. It's more about getting yourself through the story than it is challenging you with a... And I... In, I in, uh, I pay more attention when we have something like this than just reading text. Because it's like, making from quest. you. It's making me do it. So I will read what's going on. So I know. You can't read. Because I want to know why I'm fighting this guy or uh, something like that. All right. Uh, so this is this is good for me. I'll pay more attention. Making P read. And something we've all getting, gotten used to is doing job quests, usually to get abilities. But with 5.0, we are only going to have one job quest, and it won't be until level 80. Mm -hmm. And I am 100% okay with this. I can't tell you how many cutscenes I've skipped in doing job quests. See, I actually really enjoy the job quest stories. Like, I I mean, I guess I don't necessarily feel like they, they need to continue because my job has been established. Like, I understand my backstory. Yeah. But for the new jobs, what this says to me is that going forward, new jobs that int are introduced won't have that kind of story background. Because the next job will most likely start at 70. And then they won't have this. And so you won't have that, like, backstory of your job. And that is the part of this that's sad to me. Yeah, I agree with that. And I've voiced that not necessarily from the background and questing perspective. But I like to learn my jobs one one ability at a time. No, no, no. I'm not talking about <laughs> like that. I'm, I, I know I'm... you're not talking about but oh. that's a, You had your reason for the quest and learning all the backstory. Yeah. Mine is I like to learn it one ability at a time because I'm a dum-dum. <laughs> we have different sides. Just making fun of my word usage we, and you just called yourself a dum-dum. We have different uh, opinions, but we're fighting for the same goal. We're only getting one and we're getting at level 80. 100% okay with this. Avi... You wish you had some story, uh, but since Gun Gunbreaker and Dancer will be starting at level 60, there will be standard job quests available to them for that level range. And I believe the 60 to 70 job quests were every two levels. Um, so I don't know why you left me the crafting and gathering quest to uh, read about. Um, they are changing them up as well. They're adding five sets of new quests, and the stories will be centered on the the Crystarium. I heard maybe the game doesn't like you drinking <laughs> like static when you took a drink. Um, uh, uh, will be centered on the Crystarium and a collective of artisans. For the Disciples of the Hand, there will be three sets, the facets of forging, crafting, and nourishment. Um, Pete had guesses for the different things. I don't really want to read that because I don't 
care. So yeah, facets of forging, I'm guessing this will be primarily metalworking jobs like blacksmith and armorer. Facets of crafting, I would say, would be uh, weaver, leatherwork, goldsmith, and carpenter. And facets of nourishment would be culinarian, and maybe they throw alchemists there in as well because of their potions that they use. Uh, I'm assuming you'd only have to do a set of quests once. So if you do the facets of crafting on your weaver, you'd uh, get what weaver unlocks on all the jobs that are considered facets of facets of crafting. Uh, If you have to do the same set of quests for each job, that would be really annoying. Where's my phone? Maybe I'll turn on my phone. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything? uh, There's that cable where I see the audio like coming out right there, Pete. Is that plugged in? That's not plugged in. I unplugged it because. Oh, okay. Sorry. New magnets? No. That did your phone didn't do anything. The controller. It's on right now. You're hearing a lot of static right now? The static is kind of back, yeah. Not as loud as it was before. It just went quiet. <laughs> okay. So is there anything else you want to read about the crafters and gatherers, or can we move on? Uh, really quickly, uh, and for the Disciples of Land, you have two sets of quests, the facets of gathering and the facets of fishing. So botanist and miner will be the gathering one, and fisher will be the fishing one. Not sure if they really needed to separate those. I would have been fine with fishing being lumped in with gathering. Uh, They said that through these quests, we will learn the story of the crystalline mean. And we will actually, it will actually add a lot to the world and lore of the first. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I think it's really cool that the chat thinks you're going Super Saiyan. And that is why the, the, the static is happening is because it's, it's you emanating this We're going power. super dumb dumb. <laughs> um, Square Enix is now giving you the chance to pick between light skin or dark skin within your user interface. Because we've always been able to do that for our characters. So, you know, there you go. The default one we have is now called the dark skin, and the new one available is the light skin. Stop emitting that energy, Pete. Uh, find us on... Uh, it looks pretty good. Uh, it's definitely going to be personal choice, whichever one you go with. And do know that while you're in-game and you change the skin, you are going to need to log out and back in in order for those changes to take effect. My brain is broken. I <laughs> know, it always has been. Uh, Crossword link shells have been expanded to eight channels. We were really hoping this is going to happen once they did the uh, world visit system because it honestly only made sense. Um, that means that Vegan Pete can finally join the She Heals I Tank link shell. Yes, because in one for raid group. Yeah, so once they expand the Crossworld link shells, be sure to find us on Discord and let us know if you'd like an invite. We will send you one. And one of my favorite changes, even though it's so minute, is... <laughs> The change to the target HP bar, the mob HP bar. Because how many times have you been fighting in Savage, trying to get your first fucking clear, only to have the entire group at wipe at 1%? Mm. Not Savage, but I've done it with other fights. It might not have been at 1%. It might have been at like 0.1%. You'll never know. So now, oh, wait. now they are adding a decimal to the HP bar so you only for the last one percent. Well, for the point one percent. No, for the one to point nine, point eight, point oh. seven, point six. Yes, but you will be able to tell if you wiped at point one percent, which is kind of cool. I mean, 
And the reason for this is because the HP amount that the bosses have now has gotten so large that 1% isn't a super small amount. So um, KK just asked, is it actually going to make you feel better to wipe at 0.4%? Oh, it's not going to make me feel better, but I want to be able to rage that I wiped know at how close 0.1%. You were? <laughs> but I agree because there have been times when it's been at 1%. I'm like, holy shit, we might not be in rage because 1% is starting to take a long time to get yeah, down now. Yeah, it, and it makes sense because it, you 1% used to be and done. You're like, why was that 1% not going away? It's because it's a lot of HP still. So now that we've covered the majority of the gameplay adjustments that were announced in the live letter, uh, we are going to go over some of the battle system changes that were announced. And one of the more unique elements added to the player abilities is that of the charge action system. I think this is difficult to describe without seeing, as Yoshi P also concluded. Uh, some abilities will take advantage of this and some will not. And not all jobs will have charge action abilities. Uh, will they will have multiple charges that can be used with a cooldown. Uh, in this example, they use shoulder tackle. Say it's available to use every 30 seconds. Currently, you just... How it is in the game right now... You so, wait, is this you trying to, like, explain how it works? Yes. Okay. So, shoulder tackle right now, you basically use as soon as it comes up to maximize your DPS. Right. Now, you'll be able to hold it back, and the 30... Second timer will count again, even if you didn't use it. And when it gets to that other 30 seconds, you'll now have two charges of shoulder tackle that you can use consecutively. Ah. Rapid fire. And it goes up to three. Uh, everyone will have a different amount it can go up to. Sometimes oh. it'll be two. Sometimes it'll be three. Okay. So it will be in the tooltip. You'll just have to read it. Um, so I think that's really cool because now you'll be able to strategically hold them back so you can time them up with your big damage buff ups mm -hmm. or if it's just like the boss jumps and you can't use it you won't get a dps loss it will just you'll be able to use two next time right so i think that's really cool that's a good change awesome all right and so finally what everyone has been waiting for we're gonna talk about the various job changes that were announced in the live letter so job synergy Job synergy was the phrase of the day. We've heard over and over about how they plan on working to balance the various jobs. And so that is how the developers approached all of the job changes for this expansion. They want to do away with the idea that certain jobs are essential to a party makeup, holding up more value than others. Synergies between certain jobs will be reduced and debuffs that reduce slashing, blunt, and piercing resistances will no longer be available. Pete, I think you should adjust the cord on the bottom of your, your mic. Push that in. No. You made, you made static happen again, and I was just like, that's the closest thing to you. So it's open. All right. So first we're going to go over tanks, which is not my realm. Tanking. <laughs> Pete is so not liking not having his headphones on, you guys. He's like, I do thing. I just hate technical difficulties in general. Thank you for those 65 bits, Broly. Aw, just to dethrone Chili. I love it. Honestly, <laughs> I think it's fitting that we have technical difficulties for this episode because of how bad they were. I, Square I caught technical difficulties watching the live letter. Oh my God, it was contagious. It was like painfully contagious. Like how many of you were listening with headphones on and just had your eardrums burst out? Yeah, that was fun. Oh, Kamagi, thank you for following. We really appreciate it. 
All right, Pete. When they were talking about tanks, Tanks. it was pretty fucking comical to me. Uh Uh, They used the whole main tank and off tank excuse to not add another healer. Which is bullshit. Uh, And the first thing they said was adjustments will be made to account for the main and off tank roles. I'm like, cool. Let's see what the difference is between off tank and main tank. Let's say let's hear which jobs are going to be better at main tanking, which ones are going to be better at off tanking. And then the very next thing they said is all four tank jobs will be viable at main tank and off tank. They already are. They already are. They already are. (laughs) I'm sorry. So. (gasps) Besides that double speak, though, I like the changes they have made. That this whole double, but that, this double speak, this bullshit, which is like, here's more fuel for our argument of not adding a healer. Throw, sling in the bullshit. They're like freaking monkeys, just throwing the poo at our faces. So yeah, that argument does not hold up through this presentation. Not even a little bit. Um, I'm sorry, I'm yelling. Stop but yelling. Tanks will possess defensive buffs that can be applied to all party members. Additional buffs designed for off tanks to support main tanks will be added, but it's not like one job's gonna get the off tank abilities. It's whatever every what every t- so what they every is- tank job's gonna have those abilities. It's just a personal preference of whoever's more comfortable main tanking and whoever's more comfortable off tanking. So essentially, in my opinion, they talk about it being job synergy and job balance. I don't feel I feel like the overall theme is tanks. We're making you all more solid tanks. Healers, we're making you all solid, equal healers. DPS, we're making you all solid, equal DPS because everyone is equal. You shouldn't be a better player because you play more. You shouldn't be player a better player than a new player. Everyone should be able to play the same no matter how long or how much effort they put into this game because everybody is equal. It's equality for players, not the jobs. All yeah. Right, continue. Uh, then there was an asterisk at the bottom of the slide that said job effectiveness will vary depending on player skill. Yeah, <laughs> doubt that. Which is like the total opposite that they went in all of Stormblood when they tried to make it so like player skill had nothing to do with your ability to clear content. I, I feel like they're only saying that to to make up for the fact that they're simplifying everything and making everything very similar seeming like it seems like all the tanks are going to be kind of similar except for the way they look all the healers are going to be very similar except for the way they look i do like that we're having abilities th- uh, that can buff party members or defensive buffs that can be applied to party members it will give us something to do other than well i used to always knock you back when you said it was one two three one two three for a tank mm-hmm now it kind of is one two three one two three because they got rid of the different enmity the four five six and <laughs> DPS combos. Yeah, they got rid of enmity. We only have one combo now, mm-hmm. so it is kind of one two three. So chat is commenting that they're trying to get away from job discrimination. Um, honestly, I feel like job discrimination really only applies in high end rating. Yeah, and this isn't going to do it. There is going to be one or two tanks yep. that do more DPS yep. than the other two tanks, and that is what the week one Savage Raid world first groups are going to use. Yep. And then it's the tier below them that is the problem. The tier that goes to Reddit and promotes that as the fucking meta yep. that ruins this. There's nothing wrong with the jobs. You can clear Savage on any fucking job you want. It doesn't have to be Paladin Warrior. It can be Dark night warrior or dark night paladin 
Like, it's so fucking stupid. So they're balancing the job seriously for a savage high-end rating, which isn't, again, it's not everybody. But it's not even balancing it for them. Because they're, are, they're not going to be the same. One's going to be better than the other. Square Enix does not know how to balance 100% like the well, same. Well, I don't think it's possible. I don't think they... Sh- I don't... I don't think you really Which can. is why it's stupid that they're trying. No, you can't say it's stupid to try. I think it's important to try. There's always going to be an optimal group. Yes. There is always going to be an optimal group makeup. I also, personally, I really, like, I like that the classes are different. I like that they're better in different situations than others. That's something I kind of enjoyed. And now I'm I'm just kind of, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more later. Let's, let's go over the. Well, but the thing is, the differences aren't that big. Um, are you just talking tanks? No, I'm talking about all the jobs. Like the, the differences aren't that big. Like you can still clear it without a ninja. You can go monk instead of ninja and still clear it. Mm-hmm. Our group didn't have a ninja. We cleared all the savage. Like. Okay. <laughs> the problem isn't that you can, it's that people aren't allowing people to try. And that's what I'm saying. Stop looking at those world first uh, First of all, I'm not trying to hate on the world first. I like watching that race. Yeah. Uh, but the meta from the thing they use, they're trying to beat it with the minimum eye level equipment. Right. And they probably still could beat it with any job possible. They're just trying to get world first. So they're going to go the most optimal way there is. Right. And that is not how you need to beat it if you're not at minimum eye level. It obviously shifts everything. It's like getting echo. Once you get echo, everything changes. So keeping with tanks. <laughs> Offensive stances are being removed. You do still have a tank stance for some reason, but all negative effects like damage down have been removed. So there is no reason for you not to use the tank stance all the time. Not that we heard at least, or that we know of yet. It seems like the only difference between having no stance or the tank stance uh, was that in tank stance, all the abilities generated more enmity, which again... Why would you ever not go tank stance then? To be off tank? If there's no negative. Because you're the off tank? But you're not going to do any more damage. But then you just won't be fighting for aggro? I guess. Chat agrees with me. Multiple chats. I mean, well, that's their fault for only giving us one combo. Like, we should still have a DPS combo then. That's what they did. Instead of having multiple combos, you turn off the stance and then it's your DPS combo. That is the most basic bitch thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Give me a DPS combo and just have one default stance Pete, the if big, you want to be main fucking the, the tank. The biggest thing with all this is that they, they are cleaning up the hot bars. They're, they're getting rid of all the clutter. And so part of that is a tank having two rotations like that. If they can take that same rotation and literally turn it on and off with a single button, that's why they did that. That's what that is. Boring. <laughs> we'll have to see when we play. I'm hoping that by simplifying the the elements that you have to do to play your character, they're going to increase the difficulty of the challenges that we're faced with. And I don't know how the like defensive buffs are going to work if, those require a global cooldown, then you should never be passing the main tank in enmity anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also will be getting the tank mastery trait, and that will be added to reduce all damage received by 20%, and bonuses to maximum HP and damage dealt based on certain attributes will be granted. So, for Paladins, they mentioned that Sheltron won't just be good for a single hit anymore, it will last for a certain amount of time. 
Rage of Haloni will be changed for something more powerful. And of course, Sword Oath is gone because they got rid of DPS stance. Hearing that was weird to me. I was like, no more Sword Oath? That's weird. <laughs> and they're also finally getting a gap closer. That was something I noticed in the benchmark. Yep, that was something uh, you really trailer. wanted. Warriors, there is a new buff you can time with a certain action that they say will be more pow powerful than Felcleave. That will be cool, I guess. Not a lot of information on Warriors quite yet. Mm -hmm. uh, Dark Knight, no more Dark Arts for Dark Knights. I didn't really catch anything more specific than that, and I don't know the Dark Knight abilities well enough to pick them up from the job actions video. So we'll, we're going to be discussing that job action video next week, so mm. we can do a little research on that one. Cool. And Gunbreaker, breaking news, it uses a gunblade, Avi. <gasps> no way! Uh, you do specific actions that charge cartridges on your job gauge, and when those light up, you can use them to enhance attacks. They did say the combo route changes quickly, which is pretty interesting. It did seem more fast-paced than the other tanks, and they did have a regen heal, and they also had their oh-shit hollowed ground type ability. I have to admit, for me, not... Being a tank, you guys—if you've seen our streams, you've seen me tank occasionally. Um, Dark Knight looked really cool to me. I like that you had your inner shadow kind of come out and like fight alongside with you. I thought that was a really cool animation. I'm not really sure how the ability is going to play out, but I did think it looked really cool. So part part of this for me is how it looks, and that was that was really cool. Um, did anything stick out to you as being really cool looking for the tanks? Uh, I I really only tank closer. paladin, so the gap closer was it for That's me. Fair. That's fair. I, I'm annoyed from the stances. Like, let's just have one basic stance then. That's don't what they don't did. no. Just make a default you where guys, you guys pizza as salty as I usually where am. you don't have to change between tank stance or no stance. Just make no stance. It's the stance is on or the stance is off. I'm not. I, I just really... give us no stance. Okay. So healers, guys, healers as a whole are being rebalanced to emphasize a pure healing role. At first, that freaked me the fuck out. I was like, are you saying that I'm not supposed to heal to DPS now? You just want me to fucking heal the whole time? That sounds really, really boring because I like to heal and DPS. I like to be doing 20 things at once to keep me going. However, Yoshi P continued to elaborate in a statement later that says, we need to restructure the way healers are handled. We can't keep this strict division between pure healer and barrier healer. Something needs to change here so we can maintain a good balance. This is kind of what I was afraid of, where I'd mentioned that they're taking away essentially the unique identity behind the different play styles of the healers, where all healers will be able to heal and regen and shield. So I'm I'm hoping that the differences in the classes isn't just the way they look. Um, they also decided to remove protect, which some people are upset about, but in all honesty, it just felt like a thing you had to do because you did it. Didn't really mean anything. Did you really notice when you forgot to do it? Um, they add new actions to address the gaps that are in different healing roles. Like I said, White Mage didn't have shields. Now White Mage has shields. Scholar didn't have a lot of just basic heals or regens. Now they're going to. Um, and they're actually going to uh, review the offensive actions. So it seemed like White Mage was the one that most people had a problem with. Like that was Previously. The, yeah. Or, okay. So, so yeah, White Mage had the biggest overhaul of the three healing classes. Um, the first thing they added was a new instant heal ability, which is going to offset all those long cast times of their other abilities. 
I actually think this is a great addiction, addiction, addition, because Benediction, <laughs> I combined the words, Benediction was really their only big like instant heal thing. And it had such a super long cooldown that they needed something to kind of fill that gap. Um, thank you, by the way, for following. Thanks for the time. Really appreciate that. Um, the lilies, everyone's favorite lilies. Well, they changed the colors. Um, <laughs> now they're actually going to accumulate automatically during battle, which sounds kind of boring to me. But the comment was that the need to constantly cast uh, actions in order to get the lilies to appear really hurt a white mage's mobility. So now rather than having to cast in order to build up those lilies, white mages can focus on moving and reacting rather than always having to prepare. So with this new gauge system and the lilies appearing, if the circumstances and conditions are met, which we don't know what those are yet, then a black lily will appear. And this grants a powerful offensive ability. Um, and also there was a super awesome screenshot where they got shiny wings. Sorry, not going to use it because I'm a healer and all I do is heal. <laughs> right. Scholar. My, my main overall scholar, for the most part, remain the same class style. Um, more pure, pure healing spells have been added opposed to focusing only on shields. Uh, pet actions have been revised. So now that they are a scholar ability rather than a pet ability, honestly, to me, that just means that your heart burn, hot bars aren't going to look as clunky. I mean, all you do is you had your pet bar and then you grab those abilities and you move them down. And so they were basically additional abilities for your healer, which also says to me that those three abilities, unless they're going to be uh, taking it down to two or something are going to eat up abilities that you already had on your bar. So now Scholar is going to have even less of a toolkit because now some of your abilities are being replaced by whatever the abilities are that your 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 fairy does. Uh, they've also merged Eos and Selene to be one fairy and basically made her a glamour choice. So you can have whichever one out you think is prettier. Uh, a new summon has been added. Um, the Seraph, Seraph Fairy is linked to the job gauge and she will help the Scholar cast stronger heals. So she was very pretty. It was cool to see. Um, it, it sounds to me like Scholar was dumbed down. So that all went over my head. That's okay. But we do have a question from chat. Spoony Bard says, any ideas on what this means for embrace I, so embrace is the healing spell that your fairy casts um you can control it on your own or the fairy, fairy will auto cast it to me it was essentially your regen was her casting that um i think embrace is going to go away i don't think there will be an embrace personally that's my my personal opinion because uh, they commented that they didn't like the fact that people were creating macros in order to spam embrace on their own and they wanted to get away with that um, someone actually said in chat that um, they play on PS4, so they're actually looking forward to the fact that um, Scholar, oh, that was really bad professor, really, really great that the toolkit's getting lesser, um, lessened. I Cool. I'm glad it's going to be great for PS4. Um, this means that I might I might not Scholar um, after this because I, I don't White Mage because I found White Mage too simplistic personally. Um, so we'll have to see which healing class I have fun doing or if I... It becomes the she does whatever the fuck she wants and he tanks <laughs> podcast. Uh, Astrologian. So Square Enix finally noticed that the Astros were only using the balance card. So they've changed it so that all of Astro's cards will now grant a damage buff. However, the focus of these cards will be more on the who the card is assigned to rather than always assigning it to the entire group. Therefore, 
cards will still also need to be redrawn at times. Like it's every card isn't going to be ideal for every situation. They also realized how annoying it is to have to wait to redraw your card based on when that other card is played. So the timers for the redraw and the play card have been separated. Stances have also been adjusted. Um, they didn't really elaborate too much on that. There will be an ability available as well at higher levels that will allow Astro to change stances. Previously, you were either stuck in diurnal or nocturnal um, until a fight ended. You couldn't change mid-fight, so it doesn't sound like something you'll be able to do all the time, but you will be able to do it once you get to that ability. The servers crashed. Oh. <laughs> so we just have a blank screen. Oh, geez. So I'm trying to throw up a picture really I'm still quick. in. I'm still in game. <laughs> really? What the fuck is up with that? <laughs> you're so, you're disconnecting though. Yeah, no shit. I just told you that. I see your face disconnecting is what I meant. My game crashed. Of course I'm gone. Don't be a turd. Is Astro good or bad now? Um, Astro, it sounds like honestly all of the changes they made are to make it better. Like it really sounds like they paid attention to all the things that are frustrating about Astrologian and kind of addressed those things. So good shit for Astro? It does sound like the changes for Astro and for White Mage are really good. Scholar, as as a Scholar player, it sounds like they they dumbed it down. But you guys know, I mean, last Heaven's Word, I fucking loved Summoner. And then in um, Stormblood, they ruined it for me. And so I really love Scholar right now. So knowing my luck, it seems like whenever I love a class, the next expansion that comes out ruins that class for me. So I'm I'm trying to not get too attached to anything. Um, but we'll see. So that's why I don't know what class I'm going to play in the next expansion. Because for me personally, if you guys have listened for a while, it's it's changed many times. Um, I didn't scholar for a while. I scholared a while back and then came back to it. All right, Pete, do you want to so, talk about DPS? Moving on to DPS. Here, I can read so you can continue logging in. My monk's okay. grease lightning can be stacked up to four times now, Avi. Ooh. So now I'm going to get even more mad when I let him drop. <laughs> All right. Um, but what's, they changed something about it, didn't they? It's not just that they can be stacked four times. Uh, initially, I don't know. You wrote this shit. So, Monk's Grease Lightning can be stacked four times through the use of a separate action. He looks like he used, like, a meditation thing in the video. I'm like, really? That's how we go from two to four? Initially, they Just were concerned. Just fucking standing there with our dick Pete, in our hands? You're not re initially, they were concerned about adding four stacks as it could cause disparity between skilled and new players. So now, a new action will allow you to maintain that charge without losing a stack. Essentially, whenever the, the monk goes, my stacks! It's, they don't have to do that anymore because they have this meditation button they can hit without having to early pull to keep their stacks up. That's what that's for. So how come they wanted tanks jobs to be like varied by player skills but they don't want this job to be varied by player skills because i think it's bullshit <laughs> i don't think they do vary by player skills i think that's something they're just trying to say i, don't know. I think we better. need a better translation on that one um dragoons they now jump faster hell yeah <laughs> you can get to the ground that much faster it's good because you're not gonna have animation lock like the you did before. fucking floor all right pete so you can move to the next one that was my joke is that all right pete you're at Samurai. Samurai hasn't changed too much. Hakakure has been revised so the player can activate Midari. <laughs> you dumbass. Why do you make me read this? <laughs> Setsugeka more easily. Read the next one too. Ninja's enmity actions have been removed since it's not a friggin' tank. <laughs> you like that one? 
Black Mage can now use a stacked action in order to maintain Umbral Ice, so their DPS rotation is even easier. Fire 5 and Blizzard 5 have been added. They will have more instant cast spells. Square Enix took note and noticed how frustrating it is when Black Mage, when your MP hits zero, and you have to wait for it to tick back up. So now instead, you can use Blizzard 3 at zero MP to instantly restore it. Oh yeah, and Flare only affects one enemy now. What? So Black Mage, I liked the Heaven's Ward. I'm again, I'm a, I'm a person who liked the Black Mage Heaven's Ward rotation. I thought it was really difficult and really fun and super satisfying when you finally mastered it. Like it was just, fuck yeah, I, I can Black Mage. And then they just keep dumbing it down further and further and making it easier and easier to play. So again, I just really hope that the, the instances and the fights and the situations we're put in are going to be more difficult because they're not really great. Like, if you're making everything easier and then the fights are also easier, that's not, that doesn't make me super happy. All right, Red Mage. Red Mage also didn't get a whole lot of changes. It feels like the the ability, the jobs that they made in Heaven's Ward kind of moved into um, Shadowbringers pretty easily. Or Red Mage was Stormblood. Sorry. They moved in pretty easily. Um, so they didn't change much. So one comment, they said that your moving gauge depletes, but now there are more actions that you can execute while you are moving. So they kind of made Red Mage a little more bard-like. Um, and you continue to accumulate white and black magic from casting, as well as um, they've added some more additional cast abilities. It kind of just is like they expanded upon Red Mage. Like, that's good. Jilly's asking, are you sure Flare is single target now? That's what they said. That was her first impression, I guess, or that's what the translation came out as. The translation came out as. We will have to do more research. Now, honestly, Chili, you can look that up faster than we can. (laughs) Um, And most importantly, actually, in my opinion, from the DPS uh, announcement, is that every job will now have an AOE rotation. I think that's kind of a big deal because um, it was always kind of frustrating in dungeons if you had two uh, DPS jobs that had no AOE options. So I think that's a really good addition. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think we left out some DPS, Avi. What did I leave out? Bard, machinist. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, well, you have to spend Do now. your job. Pete, keep talking so I can find it. So, from what I hear about machinists is that they got a pretty much total revamp. And from what I saw in the benchmark, they had a big old blaster. And which I thought was pretty awesome. Uh, I know they got rid of Goss Barrel. So maybe it's a little less resistant uh, or less reliant. God, I missed a lot of jobs. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> on uh, some RNG. So maybe it's more uh, predictable now. Pete, you're just, you're just bullshitting right now, huh? No, I, I, that's what I fucking, that's what I fucking heard on the live letter. <laughs> okay. And they had a fucking robot. They had a fucking transformer. They did have a really cool looking robot. That is very true. All right. So you might have to like adjust some of this text. This is directly from a summary. So um, machinist. So they used to be, there was a big question with machinist where they didn't know whether or not it was good for them to, to raise their job gauge. Did you talk about this? So it was like machinist was very confusing because people didn't know how to play it because they're like, do I want to increase my job gauge? Do I not want to increase my job gauge? They took away that confusion and made it, yes, you do want to increase your job gauge. You do want to use your job gauge on machinist, which is honestly how it should have been. Um, And by using your job gauge, that is how you summon that badass robot that Pete mentioned. 
Um, they do want to revisit the idea of machinists using machines over shooting, which I think would be badass. Um, so they'll pull out different weapons like a drill and so much. So no more goss barrel. So. I wonder if this is because like Gunbreaker yep. was too similar. Sim- yep. Yeah. That's my intent and my interpretation of that. And I didn't hear a lot of changes about Bard. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, at higher levels, you'll unlock a soul voice gauge, which will unlock more powerful actions. But other than that, they didn't really seem to do much. They Uh, they, um, Bard's Bard's actually like one of the things that's in the meta right now where they didn't really need to change much Mm -hmm. because they are wanted in every group. They did um, remove the song that is used to raise the critical hit rate of the party um, because they're all about that party synergy and they, I don't think they really want things that like help the whole group uh, do more damage. It seems oh, like so me. now the groups aren't going to want Bard. <laughs> Essentially. Uh, summoner mechanics are going to be partially reworked. Ruin 4 will be available when your pet performs a certain action, which will therefore make it easier to use. Um, the edgy summon, eggy summons are going to be instant. Um, so you can... Call whichever one you want, depending on the situation. Um, once you summon Bahamut, you'll then be able to summon Phoenix. So it won't be like, oh, there won't be a wait. You'll be able to do it really quickly. And you also won't have to worry about building Aetherflow stacks before entering combat anymore either. Also, I don't think, did we mention pets are no longer going to be able to be attacked in fights? I don't think we mentioned it, but yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, so um, your summons are not going to be damaged in fights anymore. And and like I said, you have the instant cast, which would have been great for a Scholar. But now that Scholar only has the one fairy, you won't really need to worry about that. And we had the question about Embrace earlier. I'm not sure if this applies or not. But instead of having a different ability for every pet that you have, it's going to be like one DPS ability no, for no. all of them. What it does is, I actually think this is really great. Kind of like how in uh, PvP, your... Um, rotation the button just changes from one to two to three automatically you know what i'm talking about yeah so instead when you change um pets there was always an equivalent that would change like this is my ranged attack on my garuda and this same spot on my pet hopper is my melee attack on my ifrit well the game is intuitive enough to, to know now that when you change your summon that automatically changes with it well it's but it's going to be called the same thing for no, each one no it's yes, a different it... different ability mm, disagree then what's the point of having different summons? I'm right. No. Yeah. No, I'm still... I'm saying each summon is going to have the same ability name. No. They're not... The, the abilities aren't going to do the same thing, Pete. One is ranged. One is melee. On one the, is tank. On the slide they showed, they had every different summon and their current name, and then it was all gone into one... Okay, so same had... ability name, but different attack based on Eggy. Yeah. Okay. I was just, we I, both get half internet yeah, points. Yeah, I, I was on I was fighting one. more so of the attack. <laughs> so the, yeah, the they, tank ones are going to get a rework because obviously now that they can't take damage, they also can't be targeted. Well, in all honestly, you never really used them, the tanking pets in. You only, you only did it when you had a really fucking bad tank, <laughs> or you were soloing stuff and you didn't really need it. So, and thank you, K cases. We're both right. It's just a misunderstanding. Communication. That's what I said. We both got 50% internet points. <laughs> All right, Avi, the new one is Dancer. What do yes. we got? Dancer, I'm actually um, curious to try. Um, Dancer is used to buff. The dance has steps, and you have a partner in your party. What I'm wondering is how often your partner can change. Um, you can buff that party member, and they can execute an action that increases your job gauge. There are two different steps as well there's the standard step and the technical step 
Standard has two steps involved and technical has four. Once you go into your step of choice, the next action must be your next step. Like you have to do the choreographed dance as it is, or it's not going to, the, the buff isn't going to come through. So once the step is a complete and it applies that buff, the buff you apply to yourself also applies to your dance partner. There are two types of attack that the dancer can do, which are a single target and AOE, which is the distance attack. As you do more steps, it'll get quicker and quicker paced. So whenever your partner lands a successful weapon skill action, the dancer gets a buff to your job gauge. So it sounds interesting. I'm going to claim uh, 50% right on one of my wild speculations when I said there's going to be some sort of like dual attack between jobs. Yeah, you got you did get a relation. I'm I'm curious how it's going to work. Uh, they did preview this a little bit uh, when they were playing Dancer. See, it was hard. At, I got to watch part of the live letter and then I had to go to class and I like missed like the part I really wanted to see, like this stuff. Uh, so it just looks like they didn't actually show what it did because they weren't playing the secondary character that they buffed. That's the part that I'm curious. And and did they, they didn't show them change between different secondary ca- characters. No. So there was just one secondary and character. And failed the buttons. They had on there. And it, I think it was called like closed stance. There's like an open stance and closed stance, like a dance, like you yeah. have it open or closed. And you put that on them, and it lasts until you take it off. Cool. So it seems to be permanent. It didn't I seem like to it have. A... It sounds really different from the way other jobs uh, play. Like I, that, that's what I think is most interesting about it is it plays very, very differently. Like even when you were watching the actions it had, like. It wasn't really attacking. It very rarely attacked. It mostly they showed it buff and buff and buff. And and honestly, the dancing animations actually weren't as elaborate as I had expected them to be. Uh, I think I saw a little bit more from the job actions video. Um, in chat, Chirami says they hovered over the buff really quick, and the partner gets a thirty percent increase in critical hit. And chat went nuts. That's pretty awesome. Uh, it's so yeah, I think Chili, Chili was pretty accurate. He said earlier it was kind of like a brotherhood ability. I think it was Chili. Uh, McLeod said it. Uh, that was kind of like a brotherhood ability, but for a single target instead of the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it's permanent until you undo it, then that's It lasts that's for pretty good. Um, 15 seconds to get the uh, critical hit rate and, dr- and direct hit rate increased by 30%. That is pretty good. It's both well, of them. Saber Dance. This so was... It also says additional effect. Party member designated as your dance partner will also receive the effect of Saber Dance. So I'm wondering how often you can change who your dance partner is. I think you could, it looked like you could do it any time. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, because it said it lasts until you take it off. The dance partner? Yeah. Mm. But I, that's what I'm saying. I'm wondering how often you can take it off and do that. I mean, if you're allowed to have it up forever until you take it off, you should just be able to take it off and put it on someone else. Ideally. Ideally. <laughs> All right, Avi. Uh, <laughs> it's hard for us. We both work full time, so we don't have the nitty gritty details on this. So I apologize for that. But I want to. I don't work. I work full time and I go to school full time. Yes. What do you do? I'm just kidding. Stream. <laughs> so I want to say we're going to have more like specific details in the upcoming episodes. But until then, we have the Community Roundup partner. And the ones we want to point you to already have videos out uh, for the live letter that I haven't watched yet. But I'm sure they've detailed them in depth. Uh, we have a couple people I want to promote. Our friend uh, Mioni 
so you can go over and check him out. Avi's going to post this into chat right now, and everything will be in the show notes for this episode. He's a really great content creator on YouTube, and like I said, he already has a video out for this. And another channel that has a video out for this as well is Work to Game. And I think we actually uh, we're trying to get a little collaboration worked out between us and them. So that will be coming soon as well. And they already have a video out for that. For what? For the live letter mm. uh, detailing the jobs a little more in depth. And I just don't think when we're talking about it on the podcast, it's good to get like the generalizations out. But to get into like what an action looks like that doesn't really come through on the podcast well, too and much. And also we try to do the podcast in like no more than an hour and a half. And this was kind of our generally covering everything. I, I, I don't know why you have like this negative outlook on the way we went over everything, Pete. I think this is because I a have good job. stuff in my mind that I'm not sure translates. I need to find a better medium to get it out. I think this went really well. I think this is a good episode and other than the technical something to blow my load on. Okay. What? I don't know what's happening, but that's fine. Um, also the media embargo isn't going to be lifted until the 29th. So we have five days until you're going to get any of the information that the people who went to the, um, the media tour, thank you. Um, after that, which will be really exciting. All right. Now we have some listener reaction. Malkin Robinson says, great time hanging out in the stream as always. Thanks for the hard work you guys give and happy birthday, Pete. Thank you so much. So Menfina Madness at MM Blitz FFXIV, which is the Blitzball tournament raising money for charity, says, thanks to some very generous donors, we are now over 50% of our way to our fundraising goal, uh, which is awesome. We were tagged in that. I honestly just wanted to say that they have raised as of May 20th, $1,935. So if you have not checked them out yet, you should. Hirasan says, you both rock. It makes my day listening to you guys every week. Thank you so much. And at to learn 597 says, I'm so lucky to have many, so many talented people I know doing things. Quick shout out to ask Isla Cole at Green Eyed Music Lover. Ah, um, are doing a lore podcast at Jeff Kanata, does a dungeon run show at Hyperpixie Games, at Avi Ale, and at She Heals I Tank do their streams and podcast live streams. And I know there were a lot of streams going tonight, so a big thank you to everyone watching right now over at twitch.tv slash sheheels, I think. Really appreciate you guys choosing to spend your valuable time with us. And I didn't get to say it earlier because there was just so much going on live letter and trying to get this going. We are doing our um, Greenleaf Gaming tonight. Or I'm doing the Greenleaf Gaming stream with Hyperpixie Gaming directly following this. If anyone listening plays Elder Scrolls Online, they just had uh, their new expansion release this past week elsewhere where they finally got dragons, which is freaking awesome. Skyrim dragons um, and the new job necromancer. So at 6 p.m. Uh, or not 6 p.m. That's our podcast time. So right after this stream ends, we're going to do a full group of necromancers, uh, which is like healer tank DPS. And we're going to kill some dragons and run some new stuff. So it's Just realized I finally got back in game <laughs> right as we're getting off. Um, so that is going to be it for this episode. As always, we've enjoyed hanging out with you all live here on Twitch. Thank you again for spending your time with us. As Pete said, when everybody's running all this different stuff, it's really great that you you came to hang out with us. But uh, be sure to hit that follow button so you know the next time we will be going live. And again, if you are a member of Amazon Prime, hit that sub button too. It'll be fun. And a big thank you to everyone listening to the podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam, Spotify, the other thing, and the stuff. 
You really are the reason we keep making episodes. And remember, wherever you do listen, it would mean a shit ton to us if you gave our little tiny shit podcast a rating or review. Or, you know, just tell a friend to check us out. Here with Vegan Pete, I am Avi Ale, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.